our new series that we're doing is called Beauty for Ashes as we lead up to Easter. Uh, we'll be watching how God takes the road to the cross and does something, not only a beautiful thing at the resurrection, but beautiful things all along the way as he faces tragedy, as he faces all kinds of um, um, opposition along the way, and he makes beautiful things out of those. The scripture that was highlighted in the uh, in the bumper video was chapter 61 that says, the spirit of the sovereign, sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor and he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor vengeance of our God to comfort who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of gladness instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That's what we're going to be addressing in the weeks ahead, how God does all of those beautiful things and uh, makes beautiful things out of ashes and out of the ash heap of our lives and out of the messes that we have, and he makes masterpieces out of our messes. And we're going to look at all of that, and I, and I think as Christians we want to run to that. We want to run to the end of the story. We want to run, let's, let's get to the good stuff, God. Let's get to Easter. Let's skip all this cross stuff and let's get on with uh, let's get on with the beauty and i think that when we talk about the gospel being good news the reason that the gospel is such good news is because there's also some bad news the reason that it's such a great thing what god did for us is because of the shape that our lives was in before he found us amen and so before we can really entertain or enter into the good news, there has to be some bad news. In fact, I think that a lot of people that walk into our doors come in already under a, a heavy dose of condemnation. They've been beat up by the world and they've come in and they've, they, they've said, I've tried everything and now I'm going to try God and they need to hear the good news when they come into this place because they have been experiencing some bad news. So he says I'm going to make beauty for ashes and on this Ash Wednesday I want to I want to focus on the ashes part. Why ashes? Why don't we just get on to the rose and skip over the ashes? The ashes, however, remind us of where we come, came from. If you've got uh, notes to take tonight, the ashes help us to remember that you were hopeless. That we were hopeless. Ephesians 2.12 says, Remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the uh, covenants of the promise without hope, and without God in the world, you were hopeless before God found you. 
It's really important. One of the things that the ashes are to remind us of is the ashes are to remind us that without God, our lives were hopeless. If you've been to Gatlinburg since the fires, you can see that trees are coming back and you can see that new cabins are being built and uh, all of those good things. But I remember just after the fire happened in Gatlinburg and many people had lost their lives and there were, there were dream homes that were in rubble and I remember the sense of hopelessness. Remember how hopeless things were, God says. I was... I was uh, ride. Sh- I was giving ride share at that time, and uh, I-, I had a lot of business over in that area. There were a lot. I was giving a lot of rides to insurance adjusters <laughs> at that time, as I remember. They were coming in from all over the country uh, to to meet with people who had had fire damage. But I'll never forget one guy that I picked up, and he was staying in a cabin in Sevierville, and he wanted me to take him to Gatlinburg, and he explained to me on the way that he was taking me to the rubble of the house that that where he lost uh, in Gatlinburg just the week before. And the reason that he was paying an exorbitant amount of money to go to Gatlinburg to Sevierville was because his cats were so traumatized. Now, I'm a dog guy. I don't get this part of the story, but some of you cat people will absolutely get this. He was a cat, and his cats were so traumatized they wouldn't come to him after the fire, and they were hiding in the rubble. They had survived the fire, but they were hiding in the rubble, and the only way that he could feed them was to drive all the way back. He was making this trek every day just to feed his cats, just to feed his cats. And I was with him when he put cat food out, and I saw these frightened little kitties run un- uh, run out from making sure that we were a good distance away because after that fire, they weren't going to anyone. It took him, I, I kept in touch with the guy, it took him several years of building trust with his cats before they would come back and, and live with him again. But they were so traumatized because there is something that is so hopeless about the rubble of a fire. We used to sing a song, if you had known me before I knew him, you'd understand why I love him. How hopeless my life was. It's, it's easy for us to look back at our past, our BC days, our before Christ days, with rose-colored glasses and and, uh, and, and, we'll, and we'll say, oh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. And, and it's actually a way that, that, that Satan uses to get us to go back to those lifestyles. I know that people that uh, struggle, that are alcoholics, uh, have a word for this. Uh, they call it romancing the drink. And anyone who's been to an AA meeting uh, knows what that's all about. But romancing the drink means that you look back, you don't remember the night that you were on the floor, you don't remember the night that you passed out. You don't remember the DUI, uh, but you romance the drink in your mind, and you remember, oh, well, how good that was just to have that glass of wine. In fact, one little glass wouldn't hurt me again, and, and then those that are alcoholics, of course, can't do that. But I really believe that, that that's 
one of the things that God encouraged us to do is to remember how hopeless we were before Christ. We never need to get so comfortable with, with where we are now with Christ that we, that we don't remember the ash heap that our lives were in before Christ found us. Amen? The next thing that, uh, that, that we're called to remember from the ashes are we're to, to remember our mor- mortality. Now, when ashes are placed on the forehead, there's one of two things that is said over you. And the more ancient one is, remember, man, that thou art dust, and to dust you shall return. Uh, Which is not the one that we're going to do tonight and not the one that's typically done uh, today. The one that we're going to do tonight is repent and believe the gospel. The words that we're going to hear when we take the ashes are repent and, and, and believe the gospel. However, one of the important teaching elements of ashes is it reminds us that we came from dust and ashes, and we say it at funerals, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Amen. And that we are uh, going to return to ashes one day. There was a pastor one time uh, who was praying, and he, he prayed these words, Oh, Lord, without you we are but dust. And he paused for dramatic effect. Oh, Lord, without you we are but dust. Little Johnny sitting next to his mother said, What is but dust? <laughs> there, was a, there was a little boy who... Um, who heard the pastor explaining that from dust we uh, came into dust to return, and he said to his mom, or he actually said to the pastor, I heard you say today that our bodies came from the dust. That's right, Johnny, I did. And I heard that you said that when we die, our bodies go back to the dust. I'm glad you're listening. Why did you ask? He said, because uh, you better come to my house right now, because as I was praying before bed last night, I saw someone that was either coming or going. Saw the dust. There's someone that's coming or going. And, and, I, and I say that to say in a serious way that all of us are either coming or going. We're either coming out of the dust or we're kind of returning into it. And I'm not just talking about our physical bodies. I'm talking about spiritually. That, that either God is in the process of making something beautiful out of the dust of our lives or we're sort of in a downward spiral, spiraling back into that into that dust, remembering our mortality. It's really important to remember that our lives here on earth are brief. We're not here uh, forever. Genesis said, by the sweat of your brow you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made, for you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Life is a vapor. Um, I, I can look back at my life now and, and it's unbelievable how fast it feels like raising my children was. And when you're going through things, when you're going through college, I'll never graduate. And then you reach a certain period and it's like, where did those days go? Life just, life just seems to 
pick up its pace. And, 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 and one scripture writer said that life is like the morning fog. It's like the morning fog. It's just here for a while and we're gone. Dust is to remind, ashes are to, to remind us of our mortality and that without God, we're nothing. Amen. And that we all need God for everything in our lives. But the last thing that I want to share with us tonight is that the ashes remind us of our sin. In Job chapter 42, if you remember anything about the story of Job, Job uh, was this very righteous guy, but he wasn't perfect. Nobody is. And he was a very righteous guy, and and uh, he was struck with all kinds of uh, tragedies and uh, bad things that happened to him, and he put his complaint to God, and he just really, really defended his cause to God and that he was being overpaid uh, for his sins. But then he gets a revelation of who God is, and he says some powerful words in Job chapter 42, verses 5 and 6. He said, I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my eyes, and I take back everything I said as I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. Job said that when I, get a, when I got a revelation of who you were, you know, it's one thing to hear about God, but when you get in God's presence and when you have an encounter with God, it's like Isaiah said, I'm ruined when he walked into the, when he walked into the temple and experienced the presence of God. I am ruined because when, when, we are, when we are struck with how holy he is, we're also struck with our own sinfulness. So we're going to be asking God to make beautiful things out of the ashes of our life. But before I ask God to exchange my ashes for beauty, I must acknowledge that I have exchanged beauty for ashes. In other words, God, every good gift came from God. When he created the world, he said everything was good. Everything he created was beautiful. I can almost hear the song, and I say to myself, what a wonderful world. Everything was, everything was beautiful. And we took God's beautiful thing and the beautiful lives that he, uh, that, that, that he created for us, and each of us, all of us, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And before we celebrate the resurrection at Easter, by the way, what we're doing right now is what's going to make Easter so awesome. Ash Wednesday is what makes Easter Easter. The, 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 the following Jesus and carrying the cross and, and learning what it means to take up our crosses are what makes the joy of Easter so special. I'm calling my talk tonight, uh, I didn't get to the title to the end, but From Palms to Ashes. And I don't know about you, but when I think about palms, I think about vacation, I think about my trip to Hawaii last year where my brother lives and palm trees, and I think of wonderful days and sunny weather and days not like the last couple days here, but palms make me think of, of wonderful things. Traditionally, the ashes of Ash Wednesday are created from the palms 
of the year before from Palm Sunday. So the palms from Palm Sunday are saved and they're dried and they're burned and then the and then they're made into ashes. And then of course God makes beauty out of those ashes. But before we can have our ashes turned to palms, we have to realize that our palms were turned to ashes. And so the scriptures that were read to us were encouraging us to return to the Lord, to repent, to, uh, to, to use this as a time of saying, Jesus, I'm going to add something to my life. I'm going to take something from my life. I want to draw closer to you. Amen. Shall we pray? Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone. God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We're truly sorry and we humbly repent for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ. Have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways in the glory of your name. Can we just pause for a moment and Repent for the sins of our nation. God, we just ask, Lord, that you would have mercy on us. And we pray, God, for our nation. That you would bring us, Lord, close to you. We pray for our government leaders. We pray for our president, our Supreme Court, our Congress. We pray, Lord, for our governor, Lord. We pray, God, for the state legislature. We pray for our today, God. We ask, Lord God, that Knoxville, Lord, would be known as a place, Lord, that that honors you and where people honor you. So we repent, God, and we ask, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us, we pray. Now, could we just repent of the sins, even of as as the church who've failed to reach a a world that so desperately needs us. So God, we just ask, Lord, that you would forgive us, Lord, for not being the salt of the earth and the light of the world that we need to be. Forgive us, Lord God, for playing church games, Lord God, rather than reaching out to the needs that are all around us. And I just ask in the name of Jesus that you would God, to be a beacon, Lord, of hope in this city and in North Knoxville, God. And we just humbly repent before you, God. And we say, have mercy upon us, God. Forgive us of our sins, Lord. And Lord God, we want to remember, Lord, how hopeless we were without you. Could you just in your own words, in your own way, just... Remind God that you remember how hopeless that you were without him. 
thank him for coming into your life. God, we, we remember the days without you, God. We remember how hopeless we were, God. We remember, God, not through rose-colored glasses, God, but we look at it full on tonight, God. And we know, Lord God, that you came that we might have life and live it to the full. But before you came into our lives, God, our lives were not so. Lord, we remember our, that we are mortals tonight. Lord, we forgive us, Lord, for any sense of indestructibility or immortality that we have about ourselves. And forgive the arrogance, Lord, that we have as a people, God, that would shake our fists at God and say that we know better than you, God. I just pray, Lord, that we would return to your word and return to your ways, God. Have mercy on us, Lord. We need you, God. Lord, we remember that we're sinners. We ask, Lord, that you forgive us of our sins. And just while the music's playing for a moment, I'm just going to ask you to just quietly reflect for just a couple moments and your own sins and just uh, be reflecting on asking God to forgive you. Oh, talking to God about something that you want to or something to add to your life. It's a way of drawing closer. So let's just take a moment. The instruments playing in silence and reflection. we were remembering our mortality and remembering our sinfulness as we head into this season and it's a humbling thing um, to take the ashes but it marks you as a believer in Jesus and there's no pressure to take the ashes but if you'd like to take the ashes uh, as the worship team is uh, singing I'm just going to invite you just to come by here and um, we'll confer the ashes on you then you can go back to your seat and we'll finish worshiping the Lord before we close